Welcome to The Pew, the place where everyday guys talk about everyday things in front of the one person who can do something about it, Jesus Christ. Now here's your host, just a guy in the pew, John Edwards. Welcome back to The Pew, everybody. I am your host, John Edwards, and here to the right of me this week is Deacon Jeff Grzymski. But don't I remind you of Victor Adams in some way? No. Not really. <laughs> He's a handsome man. No, you I say, know what you're saying. And, and you say more than he does. Oh, okay. <laughs> so, there you Hello. There you go. No, Victor is out tonight. It is Valentine's Day, and so he had an early dinner with his wife, so being that Good trophy husband that all the women out there want to catch. He so got her like flowers, <laughs> chocolate, dinner, and a puppy. That's right. They do all the things. Or was it a diamond? Because, you know, that's I don't know. a girl's it's, best friend. I don't know. Victor, he goes all out. So it could have been all, all of the above. All five. <laughs> all of the above. Wow. So thank you for stepping in tonight. No uh, problem. And we're going to be talking about some neat stuff here in a minute. But before we get started, I want to remind everybody that we are raising money for our new studio that we have built um, I've got exciting news. We've already raised $3,500. So we've got to have between fifteen dollars and $20,000. There's a couple things that we're trying to decide you know, if, if they're necessary or not. But it's going to fall in that area there. And again, the reason we're doing this is to increase our reach, you know, to grow our YouTube channel, to make the things that we're doing um, more professional in, in, in saying that we want to add video to, to things that are audio, right? We want to uh, have live Q and A's. We want to have in studio guests, you know, where all this can be recorded and really have some freedom to do some long form things there too, outside of the regular podcast. But it's also going to help us with our training videos as we're putting out videos to help men start men's groups and, and train to be leaders. So there's tons of things there. Basically what I'm saying is it's going to give more and more content for just a guy in the pew. So many people, you know, they write in all the time and say, we want to hear more. We want these different guests. We want longer interviews. Well, you're going to get all of that, right? And you're going to get access to YouTube lives where I'll go in on a couple times a week and answer questions and, and talk about topics that are going on in the world and all of those things. So if you're excited to see that, you can go to donorbox.org slash pew. That's where we're raising the money. That's a donation. Again, we are under Pew Ministries, which is our 501c3 nonprofit. So that means that anything you give is tax deductible. So again, you can give at donorbox.org slash pew. And again, we have a goal of 15000 So any amount helps. Doesn't matter if it's five bucks, a hundred bucks, five thousand bucks. We'd like five thousand bucks, but any amount will help. So, <laughs> just anything you feel to give out there. If if the shows helped you in any way, you want to see more of what we're doing, and you want us to grow, then you can give to us again at donorbox dot org slash pew. Yeah, it sounds like you have a lot of hope that <laughs> that, that we might raise that money. I do, I do, yeah. I do have a lot of hope in that, and that's something we're going to talk about here in a few <laughs> minutes. Uh, last thing I want to say before we do dive into that subject matter is uh, I keep getting people that are emailing saying, you keep talking about starting men's groups. What does that entail? What does that look like? Well, you know, on the long and short of it, we basically are going to parishes around the country that call and set up time for us, and we're doing a three-talk mission. So the first talk is my conversion story. The second talk is on identity. And the third talk is on a uh, personal relationship with Jesus Christ. These are things that most people are either confused about or they lack in their life. I don't know who I am, and I don't know who uh, Christ is supposed to be to me in a deep way. And I tell my conversion story because a lot of times when you get into these things, you start talking about changing someone's identity or helping them find their identity as a beloved son or daughter of God. 
They don't believe it's possible because of things that they've done. I tell my conversion story to show people exactly how possible it is with Christ. He can do all things. So we give those talks. Those are for men and women. And then while we're there, we've created uh, materials to train leaders. In fact, I just sent off uh, the new training guides to our marketing team to put together. And so when I'm on site, we'll spend time training leaders. And we'll go through with the pastor and anybody else that needs to be involved, the format of the group, the structure, all of those things. But the important thing is we're going there to start vibrant men's groups that will last long after we're gone. So fruit that lasts. That's what we want to do. We don't want to blow into town and just give talks. We want to build something that will be there long after we're gone. So if you are interested in that, and we booked two more today, you know, we're booked up right now through May. But anything from May on to the end of the year, we have a lot of availability. So if this is something you want to do, and if you're a guy that has got that fire in his heart for the Lord and you feel like he's calling you to do it, don't worry about being afraid to do it because we're here to help you and we can provide materials that I wish somebody had given me when I started. Yeah. So yeah. that's where we are now. So um, if you're interested in that, you can go to justaguyinthepew.com and go to the book me page and then you'll be able to find everything there. There's a submission form at the bottom. Send us an email. We'll get right back to you to figure out what you want, how we can help, and how we can make it possible. Sounds good. Yep. So Sounds thank good. you, Deacon Jeff, for listening to all that. Oh, I was, I'm, I'm sold. Now, where, where do I go again? Because That's right. I'm, I'm sign Book you me. up. Yeah, just a guy on the view.com. So, yeah. you know, you mentioned hope a couple times in there. And then the, um, the actual virtue that we're working on in the narrow road this month is hope for the month of February. And, you know, this is a place where a lot of people struggle, Deacon Jeff. I mean, you look around the world now, of course, we're coming out of this, it seems like maybe there's some light at the end of the tunnel, this global pandemic that seems to never go away. And a lot of people have found themselves in despair, you know, isolation, loneliness, all of those things. And they've lost hope. Because don't you notice, though, even though, uh, so there's like this really tempered view of like people being happy after mm-hmm. this pandemic you'd think that when the pandemic was over or as it's like tapering off that people would be ecstatic you'd sure. see joy and smiles and i know there's some people that are kind, but there's no celebrating right and that tells me that like there is this sort of like there's still not a lot of hope sure right it's still everyone's still just a little depressed just still a little upset still a little you know inside themselves and i i don't sense that there's a lot of hope yeah, it's almost like a fear that this has become the norm, that no yeah. matter if it goes away, we're always going to have masks and we're always going to have restaurants that can't seat people. We're and looking all of for these the next variant. And yeah, that's the next thing. Yeah. When's the next wave coming? And, and you know, it's, it's a terrible thing when we lose hope because we find ourselves lost. We find ourselves, like I said, in despair. And we start turning to a lot of the wrong things to look for hope. Uh, and there's a lot of things out there that look good. And, and the yeah. Lord talks about this, right? In the scriptures a lot is there's a lot of things that you could fall for that you think will bring you hope or happiness or joy I mean, in your life. There's a phrase, false hope. Right. I mean, there's, there's, a, there's a phrase for that. <laughs> right. So maybe that's where we should start is we should start define, by defining hope. And, you know, the world would tell you that hope is like a feeling of trust, basically. That, that hope is if I hope in something that I'm, 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 I'm trying to trust in something or placing my trust in something. But our catechism explains that, you know, it's one of the three theological virtues, faith, hope, and love. And the catechism 1817 describes it as this. Uh, the theo- hope is the theological virtue by which we desire the kingdom of heaven and eternal life as our own happiness, placing our trust in Christ's promises and relying not only on our own strength, but on the help of the grace of the Holy Spirit. So it's telling us a couple things there. One, that this is what places within us this desire for happiness. And it should be for eternal life is what it's telling us, not just happiness here on this earth. 
And that comes through through trusting in Christ's promises, as we talked about a couple weeks ago, when we have to believe, we have to start trusting, and relying not on our own strength, but on the help of the grace of the Holy Spirit. So the Catechism starts there, and then it goes on in 1818 and says, The virtue of hope responds to the aspiration of happiness, which God has placed in the heart of every man. It takes up the hopes that inspire men's activities and purifies them to the kingdom of heaven. It keeps man from discouragement. It sustains him uh, during times of abandonment. It opens up his heart in expectation of eternal beatitude. Buoyed up by hope, he is, per- he is preserved from selfishness and led to happiness that flows from charity. So, Deacon Jeff, that's what like does that deep. mean to you? That's like deep. That's some deep stuff. And you know what? I, the catechism is right on the money, as sure. always. Right? Sure. But there's you could unpack that paragraph for right, two uh, hours. Yes, yeah. exactly. And uh, there's there's keywords in there like uh, trust you mentioned, but mm-hmm. there's also a keyword in there uh, uh, it, where it talks about eternal, mm-hmm. right? The kingdom of heaven. So it's like setting your sights on something that is not right here. It also tells you there that happiness isn't bad. Sure. Now fleeting happiness. Happiness is fleeting. Mm-hmm. Hope is not. Sure. Right. Hope is is to the eternal, and happiness is to the is like the temporal, mm-hmm. right? And so that's why it's important for us to distinguish like something that is happy which is not necessarily bad because it says right there yeah that happiness is good it's it's instilled in each human being to desire happiness right the problem is when we find like a false fleeting happiness and we keep searching that little high yeah right and think that's it when in fact we should be casting our gaze eternally or or further down the road and that's why people in miserable circumstances can have hope and they can actually find joy in that hope and that that's i'm not saying it's easy yeah. but that's what the catechism is talking about <clears throat> and that dis, that the difference between hope and happiness yeah it's like transcending uh, transcending the spot you're in because you're looking ahead to, right. to what the real prize is and you know archbishop fulton sheen was he has a quote that i found that's almost exactly like what you just said he said the object of hope is not the abundant life of earth, but the eternal love of God. Yeah, he says it better than I did. Well, <laughs> he was an archbishop, you know, it's, whatever. Pretty talented guy. I think I'm an archdeacon. There I'm not go. sure. I'll have to check the books. Yeah, I'm going to have to see that paperwork on that. But <laughs> yeah. I got a badge. But no, I mean, he's saying the exact same thing. And I think that's where we get in trouble and where we struggle with hope is when we take our eye off that prize and yeah. we start to look for hope in other things. And, and maybe you're, you're somebody out there that's in that place and you know, you've just had a rough go of things. Maybe you've had, you know, people in your life that have abandoned you or you've had bad circumstances or made bad choices in your life. And, and hope can be so hard to find when you get in those places. Right. I mean, I've been in rock bottom. It's a long way looking up to the top of that ledge again and trying to get there. And along the way, we try to put our hope in things that aren't going to really help us. You know, they look like it. There's those false hopes, as you said. Right. But they don't always get us there. And you know, that's, I think that's where the struggle with hope really is for a lot of people is we misplace it, you know, and when we misplace it, we lead to despair because it, thinking Jeff, you've been, you know, in situations I'm sure in your life where you keep trying things, right? Yeah. If I just have this and it's that miracle pill or that miracle course or that miracle book or that miracle this, you know, if you just read this, if you just take that, if you just do this, if you just watch this, then your life will be fixed. And 
people try that, right? I try this, I try that, I try this, and they get to that place where like, there's a book for that. I've no matter what everything. you're there, right, there's a book for every single possibility of what's going to make you live a fulfilled, happy, sure. whatever life in in your uh, in your sexuality, in your prosperity, <laughs> right. and whatever it is. You want to lose weight, whatever you want. There's this book out there that says try this, try this, try this, try this. It's why diets fail. It's why all these programs right. fail because they're all temporal. They're all looking at that. Um, uh, you know that little like fleeting moment that makes you feel good. Sure. And then when that's done, they'll, they'll have version two of that book come out. Right. Authors rarely write one book. That's right. And they and want it, you to buy the next one too. And a lot of it that's missing out of it is is usually the Lord, right? It's all Amen. the secular things that are like if you just try this, but no, it, if God is not included in anything that is supposed to be uh, geared and leaning towards hope, then it's going to be non-existent. It's going to be something that fails. And that's oftentimes what happens and why we lead to despair because you feel like I've tried everything, right? I've tried everything and nothing will work. I'm just doomed. I'm just cursed. I'm not meant to be happy. I'm not meant to find that person in my life I'm supposed to be with, whatever the situation may be. And so we wallow in that and we get to a terrible place, right? Because we start to give up hope, you know, any sort of hope. and, And then life becomes mundane. It has no existence to us. It has no meaning. And then you find yourselves in a place of a lot of loneliness and isolation and, and really a place where a lot of people in the world find themselves now. And then you, you get into pills and all these other things because right. something's got to offset that lack of hope in your life. And this pill here will, will make you feel this way or make you feel that way. And, and a lot of times what it is is we've just simply placed our hope in the wrong thing. And, you know, I was looking today just as I was praying about this show I was thinking about what's a good example I could think of in the Bible of of where there's a lot there's a there's a a loss of hope or a lack of hope in something and you know I was turning through the scriptures and I landed on the calming of the storm you know and this is always something that's used you know talking about fear despair things like that but as I read this like I just saw that it was a great example of our struggles with hope and it's really because of of what it illustrates of, of kind of placing our hopes in the wrong thing. Right. Now, I want to read it really quickly just because the short version of Luke, but it says, you know, Luke eight twenty two. Uh, one day he got into a boat, he being Jesus with his disciples. And he said to them, let us go across to the other side of the lake. So they set out and as they sailed, he fell asleep and a storm of wind came down on the lake and they were filling with water and were in danger. And they went and woke him saying, master, master, we are perishing. And he awoke and rebuked the wind and the raging waves, and they ceased, and there was a calm. He said to them, Where is your faith? And they were afraid, and they marveled, saying to one another, Who then is this that he commands even wind and water, and they obey him? So that's the reading we're referring to here. And one of the first things that stuck out to me about, okay, what does this illustrate about where we misplace our hope? And what I love about that is in the first part of it, it says they were in the boat, and Jesus was asleep, and then it started to fill right? Their boat started to fill with water. And so they started freaking out as any of us would. There was, you know, 12, 15 guys on this boat, whatever it was. I'm sure it was a good boat. I'm right. sure they've, <laughs> they've been out in that boat a bunch of times. Sure. And I'm sure that like they knew that boat was a good solid. Yeah. They had faith and hope right. in that boat that we're going to get in this and we're going to go yeah. to the other side. But then all of a sudden their circumstances change, right? Life changes and it throws something at them that all of a sudden, the boat isn't what it's not getting them where they want to go. In fact, it's failing them in the moment. But wait, because this of the is the boat we've seal. always used, right? <laughs> but the thing is, they're putting their hope in a thing, right? And that's right. that's where we may mess up a lot with with hope in the in the first part of this is we place our hope in things, right? We say, well, I, I want to be happy, and if I just have this, right? If it's that promotion or that car or that 
you know, perfect person in my life or, you know, just anything is stuff. We put it in our stuff in our life. And that's often where we fail it because each time, Deacon Jeff, I've used this example before. If I just have that new truck that I want, right? Yeah. That to pull my boat, to do this, to just, it's fancy. It has everything I'll ever need. I'll never need another car again. And I'm going to take care of it. I'm going to keep it clean. And I'm going to do all these things. And then six months later, it's got the same trash in it, the same junk. It doesn't mean anything to you like right. it did when you walked off the lot with it. That's how we treat a lot of things in our lives is we think, well, if I just have that. And we place our hope in it, but it lets us down. I mean, invariably, it's going to get rusty. Yeah, it's going to need air in the tires. It's sure. going to have a bad engine or blow a something or other, and it's it's not going to be good anymore. I mean, it's temporary. Yeah, I mean that truck is just going to be temporary. As right. cool as it might be on the day you drove it off the lot, sure, it ain't going to last. And you have something missing there. I mean, all of us do, and so we're trying to plug these things in and think, man, if I just had this thing or that thing or this, then I would be happy. And you know what we see here is. The disciples had that thing. They had that thing to get across the, the the sea like they always had, but it failed. It failed in their circumstances. So, you know, that's the first thing I wanted to point out here is, is look, it's not the things that we have that we have to put our hope in. It's a person, and we're going to get to that in a minute. But the second thing I really want to talk about here in this, in this you know, verse, in this scene here, is that they started to place their hope in other people. Now, it doesn't say this, but you have to think that, like, the other apostles in the boat, when they're sitting there and this starts happening, they're kind of looking back at Peter and Andrew and James and John, like, hey, you guys are born and raised on this sea. They got those little captain hats, This you is know? your boat, <laughs> like, right? You're getting us through this, right? Like, where's the life vest? Where's all the other stuff? I mean, we're going to be okay, right? So you know that they had to turn their attention to them, and Jesus is back there snoring, right? Right. So they're looking at the next in line going, you do this every day. We don't. Like, I'm a tax collector, right? I, I'm a, I'm a um, an architect or whatever. I don't know what to do here. And you guys have to get us through this. Well, how often in our own lives, Deacon Jeff, do we, we put our hope in other people and it's misplaced? You know, how many times in our life have we placed hope in people and it just, they can't live up to it, right? right because they're imperfect. Right. I mean, we, we, we are creating the image and likeness of God, but we fail him so often. Sure. And when we put our, our faith in some other person, mm-hmm. right, then it's like they're inevitably, I mean, if, if they are, if, if your friend becomes mm-hmm. your savior, Sure. You're you're going to get let down. That's right. I mean, like you said, we're imperfect and and those relationships aren't meant for that. We're we're meant to trust other people, but they can't ultimately save us from what we need to be saved from, which is sin and death and everything else in the world. Really, we're supposed to be journeying together. Right. right? All of us are, you know, and so it is good to have friends. Sure. But not to look at them like they're going to get me out of every mess that I'm in. That's right. Because that's not what they were made for, but you know, it's funny, you can almost hear those guys just saying, like, telling them to do something, do something, do this, something, save us. But they can't. Like, they can't, like you're saying. And so, you know, the other place that we go a lot with this, where we fail, is ourselves. Right? How many times, this is probably where most people fail in hope. Because yeah. they'll get to that point where they say, like, I don't need anybody or anything. I'm a one-man army. I was told to do this by myself. I've gotten this far in life. I've been successful. Pull myself up by my own bootstraps. Right. <laughs> And we get to that place in life where we're like, and a lot of times it happens like in your mid thirties because you've checked all these boxes that you're supposed to do. And you, you, you know, you look at yourself as like, I've achieved all this, but you're still missing something in your life. Yes. And you're still looking at yourself to provide that something, right? Well, if I just tweak this or tweak that, or maybe if I get in shape the way I want to, or maybe if I, again, get the job I want or, or change the way I think about this, then my life will all of a sudden be filled with whatever it is I feel that I'm missing. But it doesn't work that way. And, and you had to think that, in the same situation, even though it's not in scripture, 
you know, that Peter and, and James and John and Andrew, the ones that should know how to get out of this situation, that should be able to fix this situation on the sea they're all in, can't. You know, and they had to, they were probably placing hope in their own experiences and their knowledge of the storms and the seas, but it didn't help, you know, and isn't that like life? I mean, Jesus is in our boat all the time, but yet we speak as if he's our hope. You know, you hear a lot of Christians, Jesus is my hope. Yeah. But they're in despair all the time because what they're really doing is living as as if hope is in themselves. The boat, the person, and then especially in themselves. Yeah. Right. Yeah, and that's where we are. Because you hear it all the time. People are like, oh, no, Jesus is my hope. But then you see they're the people that are usually complaining the most, that are usually down and out the most, that... They're the dreary and, and, and seem to be like always searching for something and always having to be picked up is because they're professing this, this Jesus is my hope, but we're not living it. Yeah. Right. And that's where we talked about a couple of weeks ago that as, as part of belief that we have to surrender. And that's where a lot of people don't surrender. And eventually in this, in this scene, the apostles had to, you know, they realized, okay, the boat isn't going to save us. The fishermen aren't going to save us. We can't save ourselves. Wake up, Jesus. Right? Wake up, Jesus. <laughs> finally, right? finally, they get there. Right. Get Jesus. And that's the thing is we have to figure out in our life is all this other stuff that we're chasing or we think is going to fill this hole in our heart or, or, or buoy us up, as, as, as uh, the catechism said, to the hope and the happiness that we look for. We have to realize that hope is a person. Right? It's not an object or a thing. Hope is a person, and that person is Jesus Christ. Mm, amen. And everything that comes in our life that... that these times where we feel alone, where we feel abandoned, we are going to feel that way if we try to pull ourselves up by our own bootstraps. We have to surrender whatever it is in our life and whatever pains and, and, and troubles we're going through to him because he's the only one that can ever get us out of it. And I mean, John Paul II, you know, he says this, it is he, Jesus Christ, the true life who gives hope and purpose to our earthly existence. Nothing else can give us purpose. Nothing yeah. else can give us hope. It's all just false attempts at things that will never, ever give it to us. We have to lay down our guard and start inviting him into our lives and just say, look, I've I've tried everything. I remember that's what I said in the jail cell is I tried everything I knew to do and look where it got me. Yeah. The only thing I haven't tried is you and that you're the only thing that I think now can fix me. And when we get to that place, as the disciples did in that boat, we've tried everything and to wake him up. And he, what did Jesus do? He stood up and he calmed the storms. And they started to believe, right? And they started to go, who is this guy, right? If he can do this, he can do all things in my life. And that's the point we have to get to is in our own lives where we go, you know what? I'm done trying myself. I'm done depending on other people to, to put my faith in them. I'm done putting my faith in things. I'm going to surrender my life to Jesus Christ and give everything to him. And then let him be my hope because I can't be my own. You know, it's so beautiful. And what you're what you're talking about, I mean, not everybody has to be in a jail cell to realize sure. that. There's so many people walking around that are suffering from a lack of hope. There really are. They're 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 moving their needle is moving closer and closer to despair. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting that you 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 started this whole conversation when you were reading that. Um, definition from the catechism because there's a there's a clue to finding hope in that mm-hmm. definition because it's one of the three theological virtues right there's faith hope and love and it's in, it's important to understand those three go together mm-hmm. so if you're looking for hope um, it requires faith and love you you can't have faith without hope and love you can't have love without faith and hope mm-hmm. you can't have hope without faith and love in other words if you want if you want hope then what does Jesus say when they when they wake him up? It's like, where's your faith? <laughs> yep, that's what he says. So if you want to yeah. have hope, you got to have faith. And does that mean that you have to you have to believe on the name of the Lord? <laughs> that's great and that's good. But the reality is, 
You have to trust and believe that there is something greater than you that loves you so much, Mm. right? They would be willing to die for you. You have to just believe that much and believe that God does actually love you and that you're worth saving. That's where hope comes from. So it's faith and love. If you have faith and love in your life, if you go home and love your wife, guys, right? And you do it in the name of Jesus. If you go to mass, if you utilize the sacraments yeah. and you have faith in the in, in the church and the church's teachings, but also you just have you just believe that there's a God, there's a benevolent God, and then you love and you live in love, that's enough. And that's what's going to yield and pour hope little by little. You it doesn't yeah. happen all of a sudden like, sure. hey, suddenly I've got hope and I'm saved and right. everything is great. It's little by little, step by step. But you're moving in the right direction at that well, and point. It's, it's like building any other relationship, right? I mean, you start to date a girl, and especially if you've had other relationships that have been going right in your life, and it's over time you start to trust a little yeah, bit more. Yeah, first date is not get, when you say, we're going to get married. Right, <laughs> or you don't say, I love you. Hopefully, you won't have many more if that's your your exactly. modus operandi on your first date. But but no, like if you as you go along, you start to give more and more of your heart to her. Because you trust a little bit more right. and you trust a little bit more. And so you give a little bit more of yourself. It's the same thing with Jesus. We continue to to grow and know him. And, and you know, you may be listening to this and going, man, all they do is talk about surrender and trust and relationship. Well, yeah, because if you don't have that stuff, none of the rest of it makes any dif- it makes any sense or Amen. any difference, right? That relationship is what everything is built on. And so when you have that relationship and you run into these storms of your life, if you will, no matter what they are, you have to remember Jesus is in my boat. Right? Jesus is in my boat. He hasn't gotten out. He hasn't left. It's one of my favorite um, short clips of, of Billy, uh, Billy Graham as he's sitting there and he's talking about Habakkuk and asking the Lord to tell him his plan. And he says, I'm not going to tell you Habakkuk. And he says, if I told you what I was doing, you wouldn't believe me. Yeah. And he starts saying, I don't put my trust in, in the government. I don't put my trust in the United Nations. I don't put my trust in my money. I, don't, I put my trust in Jesus Christ and him, him alone because those of us that know him know that he will be the only one left standing when everything else is gone. And that's the place we have to get to in our life is understanding that no matter what situation I am, no matter how far I feel from God or how bad things seem, if I have a relationship with him, if I believe, if I have faith, hope, and love the way that you talked about, then everything's going to be all right because Jesus is not going to abandon me. He didn't dive off the ship when the storm started, right? And he loves baby steps. He loves baby steps. He does. So start there. Start building that relationship. Start realizing that hope can't be found in things or other people or even in ourselves, that the only place that we can find that true hope is in Jesus Christ. So guys, I hear that music and the words of Pope Benedict XVI, one who has hope lives differently. That hope comes from one place and one place alone, my friends, Jesus Christ. Amen. So let's take it to prayer in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Lord Jesus, there are going to be times in our lives where things are difficult and we can feel as if we were struggling to have hope. More often than not, we're struggling because we've placed our hope in the wrong things. Help us to remember that putting our hope in anything other than you will most likely lead to despair. And Lord, whenever we find ourselves among the crashing storms of life, remind us that you are in our boat and that it is only in you we should place our hope. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Thanks for listening to Just a Guy in the Pew. To find out more about John Edwards or have him come to speak to your parish, group, or conference, go to justaguyinthepew.com or send us an email at justaguyinthepew at gmail.com.